my spirit today, um, especially because, you know, I'm in no way a perfect person, and I don't make every decision right. But I can tell you that in my imperfection, in my immaturity, in those places where I'm still immature, in those places where I'm still growing in Him, I can tell you that one thing that will always be true of Steve Parker is my passion for the kingdom of God. It has never been weak. And it is never lacking. You guys can be seated. I know you're standing here, but thank you. They're waiting on me. I didn't even realize you were still back there until I heard Kaylee say, ooh. <laughs> She's still saying it. And it's <laughs> Man, I'm moved in my heart for who the Father is. When I came to Him, and I consider, I consider the change that happened in me, I had, a, I had just my father, my natural dad passed away 10, almost 10 years ago. Amazing man. Incredible man. Um, incredible father. But when I think of what he tried to teach me when I was growing up that I didn't accept... He never stopped giving me opportunity to reconsider. You know, whatever it might have been, whether it had to do with God or it had to do with changing the master cylinder on an old, old's cutlass. Those of you that know what that is. The, um, but I, he never stopped trying to help me reconsider. And when I think from the moment that I got saved in 1985 and I received Jesus Christ... Yes, children can be dismissed if you want your kids to be dismissed. I'm sorry. But I never, I've never lacked in my passion to know Him. And I can say with complete honesty, I'm a risky believer. I'm a risky believer, I'm an explorer. See, you can come into the Christian faith, you can come into the knowledge of Christ, you can come into sonship of God, you can come into this place, however you want to define it from whatever your background is, it all hopefully is pointing in the same direction. But you know, there are some, you come into whatever faith you're in and you come into it uh, cautiously and safely. You like to know where all the boundaries are so that you can stay within them. And for pre people that were created and born that way, I think that that's right and good. And, and um, don't go where you shouldn't be or you're certainly not led to be. But I'm the guy that when I see the boundaries, I've never looked at those boundaries as should I stay inside those. I'm, I'm the guy that's going to... I'm sort of like the child in the womb. You know... A baby in the womb like my daughter, Kaylee, the other day was standing in the kitchen with my wife and me and Sam and the baby started moving. Little Noah started moving in her womb and, and she said, Mom, put your hand on So my wife put her hand on her belly and, and then that little foot or booty or whatever it was was moving around and she could feel that moving and it's like that baby's feeling the boundaries. And it wasn't just that the baby touched the boundaries and then withdrew. It's that the baby's pressing against those boundaries. Find out what is my environment and how far can my environment stretch? How far can I go in this place? That's Steve. <laughs> you know, I've always been that guy that when I get to the boundaries, I don't look at it saying, you're going to keep me in. I look at it saying, how far can I take these? Not in a negative way. But, Father, I want to know every bit of you. I want to know all of you. So I'm a risky believer in that I would rather take risks in following after Christ and being a son to God, which is what Scripture promises us, walking in sonship. I would rather be the guy that takes risks and find out that I'm wrong than be the guy that didn't take any and not achieve all that he purposed for me. 
To take a risk and to believe positions me to be in a place where I can experience those things that I thought might be possible but would have never entered into if I wasn't willing to press in. And the only way you press in is faith. Father, I don't understand this stuff that is around me. I don't understand what's going on in these places. What I do understand is this. You are God. I'm not. What I do understand is you are God. And if I have faith in your answer, I believe this. The outcome will be fruitful. Fruitful. Now, in our world, and I'm going to dive into this faith in just a moment, faith understood part two, but in our world, there's this sense and feeling that God is only in fruit that is edible. That He is only in fruit that is appealing. That He is only in fruit that is acceptable, that is expected. I planted an apple tree, I get ripe apples, that's the goodness of God. Yes. But what if I plant an apple tree and it produces no apples? Now, if we're a people that by law begin to equate that to our faith in God, we might say, we might, we might not, some would, some wouldn't, but we might say, well, I planted an apple tree, it's never produced apples, it wasn't the will of God, because fruit didn't come. But what if planting the tree and not producing any fruit on that tree wasn't the will of God, but the tree itself was the fruit? Not the fruit on the tree, but the tree was the fruit. What if the tree that he let come out of that little bitty seed was only purposed to provide shade for a hot day when you had nowhere else to go and the fruit from our perspective was irrelevant. It wasn't about an apple hanging from a stem. It was about the tree. So he chose the apple tree because it produced the right because it's thick. So it produced the right amount of thickness to protect you from rain and sun. Am I making sense? So when you consider faith, you have to, we have to be careful that when we think of faith, we do not think of faith from the perspective that if I have good faith or right faith or if I believe enough, which isn't related, but I'm just going to say this. If I believe enough, then if my apple tree is going to have apples. And when it has apples, we're, woo, God is faithful. But when it doesn't have apples, God's not in this. That's a problem. But that's where a lot of us are today. A lot of us are in the place today where our tree has not produced apples, so we somehow have come to the conclusion that God's not in it. But what if he gave you a tree that doesn't have apples, and again, it was nothing about the, had nothing to do with the fruit on the tree that's edible, but it had everything to do with the tree that in itself is fruit and produced the shade that was necessary for a season in your life when you needed to be covered in a very different way. Do you hear me? So faith is not giving, I said this last week, I want to say it again, but faith is not giving us what we want. Everybody say that with me. Say faith Faith. is not God God. giving me what I want. want. Then I'll say the rest of it. It is trusting Yahweh that what He gives us is the right thing, even when we don't understand it. It is trusting, you know what, this is, I'm trusting you that no matter how it comes out, whether this tree has apples on it or doesn't have apples, I am going to celebrate that there's even a tree. Because in your divine wisdom, do we believe that God is divine? In your divine wisdom, in your divine way, in your all-knowing way, While the apple was important to me because I thought that's what apple trees were supposed to do, what's important to you wasn't the apple this time, but the covering that the tree provided. So again, I've made a lot of mistakes in life, a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes in life. I'm going to make a lot more mistakes in life. That's the nature of being Steve Parker. It just happens. And it's the nature of being you. One mistake I've never made is lacking faith in him. 
I can honestly tell you that for all the places that I come up short, if there's a place I come up long in, it is having faith in Him when no matter what His answer is. We've gone through many, many, many seasons in this house that were seasons to celebrate, seasons to mourn. But there's never been, even in all of those seasons, there's never been a single season that I lost faith that somehow He's in this and He's in this on purpose. Even if I liked it or didn't like it, faith is saying, Father... I trust you. And I don't know what you're going to do with this. It sure does hurt and it's painful or it's, this is fun and this is awesome, whatever the scenario might be. What, I don't know what you're going to do with this, if it will always be this way or not. But what I do know is I have faith. <clears throat> I've always believed in you. But in every sense of the word, faith is not about believing. Faith is about saying, Whatever your answer is, it is always the right answer. So let's start with this. To be honored by God. To be honored by Yahweh. Follow in your notes if you have the app. I encourage you to do that. And uh, you can follow along. You can take your own personal notes. But I encourage you to do that today. And then I'll have more to say about the app later. But right now you can simply go to notes and follow along. So to be honored by Yahweh. We speak often in this house specifically of honoring God. But is there ever a time when He turns and honors you or me? I mean, our heart and soul in this house is we're going to honor Him. We want to make sure that in our relationship with Him, whatever we're doing, we honor Him. In fact, we ask the question from time to time. We'll say, does that honor God? If someone asks, should I do this? Well, does that honor God? Would that honor Yahweh? Would that honor the Christ? And we'll ask because we consider when we think of honor, we think of honor one, you know, just unidirectional. It's, it's towards Him. And we think of it going one way. But is there ever a time when He turns and He honors you? Let's read in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though He was in the form of God, He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but he emptied himself. Man, that's a powerful statement. I'm not I'm going to hang out there, but let me just hang out there for a second. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by, uh, let, me, let me, I'm sorry, back up. He emptied himself by not taking the form of, a, by taking the form of a servant. He emptied himself. That is by, in and of itself, is a foreign concept to most of the world today. So let's read it again. Jesus Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. In other words, he said, I am all God, but right now I am going to empty myself of every possibility that is in me, and I'm going to do one thing, I'm going to serve. I'm going to empty myself of my entitlement. That's exactly what it is. I'm, because I am God, I'm the Son of God, I'm entitled to everything that He has. I have a right to speak a word and 10,000 angels rescue me. I have a right to speak a word and wipe out the entire population of the earth since they don't want to honor God. I could do that if I wanted to. I'm entitled to all of that. But yet what I'm going to do is I'm going to empty myself of my entitlement. I'm going to position myself in a place where what I do is I serve. And I'm going to serve for this reason. By taking the form of a servant, he was born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. Here's an entitled guy. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. But here's an entitled person that says, this is what I'm going to do. I've been sent here for a purpose. I'm going to empty myself of all the gloriousness that I could have and all of the power that I could. He still possessed it all. He just chose not to use it all. I'm going to empty myself of that, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to live among the people, and they're not even going to know who I am for about 30 years. Hmm. 
they're not even going to know who I am. Most of the people on the planet won't even know anything about me other than that I am a son of Joseph. I'm going to empty myself of the glory that is in me in this sense. Not empty himself and it all goes away, but empty himself and not accessing. Therefore, this is what God did. He highly exalted Christ and he bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ and him only is Lord. To the glory, to the glory of God the Father. And what he demonstrated here is that having faith in God under any circumstances leads to honor from God. And how do I say that? Because that word bestowed in verse 9, it says, Therefore, because Christ emptied himself, because Christ became a servant, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him or has honored him and given him a name that is above every name. Now here's a challenge in the world today, especially in the United States, is people have a really hard time emptying themselves. We come into every situation with this thought in mind. This is what I deserve. We have a long list of these are the things I deserve. It wasn't long ago that there was a lady that visited here and, and uh, you won't know her so I can say this story safely, but there was a lady that visited here and she felt pretty strongly about herself. She felt like she was so, uh, I mean, she just was pretty proud of herself. She emptied herself of nothing. And she came in here, and we had inquired about her because she had a wonderful personality, aside from the fact that she was not emptied of herself. And we inquired of her and asked her, said, would you be willing to be a greeter at the front door of the church? And what she said to us, her reply to us when we asked her was, I'm above that. That's below me. She said, I was a greeter at the last church I went to, and then I became this, and then I became that, and then I became a pastor. So now I'm above that. I don't greet people at the door anymore. So our response to her was, then you'll do nothing here. You will neither pastor, you will not greet, you will not do anything. If you can't empty yourself, you will do nothing. And it took about a week and a half, and she left. And so she's somewhere else doing whatever she does, controlling Therefore, God has highly exalted Christ and bestowed on him or honored him with a name that is above every name because he emptied himself. Our nature is to come into every situation with all of our qualities. Isn't that true? We come into a situation, well, this is what, I mean, we, we're, we're trained that way. We apply for a job, and the first thing they say is, what makes you think you're qualified for this job? Well, because I got this degree, I got that degree, I got this degree. I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and he was telling me about a, a, sarg, a sergeant that he served in the Army, and he, he was uh, under the sergeant's authority in the Army. And when he was under that sergeant's authority, he said in time, he said he worked with that sergeant, and he was in his, his uh, whatever you call it, um, under his command for... Uh, two years, he said. He was under that sergeant's command for two years. And, and they were in, um, which war was it, babe? Do you remember? I don't remember either. But he was under his command for two years. And then that sergeant went to school, officer school, officer training. And he, was, he graduated from officer school, and he got his lieutenant stripes, bars. So he comes out, and, and he told me, he said, you know how easy it was to serve that lieutenant? It was so easy. Because not only did he earn the degree, but he also came in there with some experience. He knew what it was to be in the battle, and he knew what it was to be behind a gun, and he knew what it was to be in a tank, and he knew what it was to be in front of a tank and in front of a gun. He knew what it was. He had demonstrated to me over two years what it was to lead. He came into this thing and then, as a sergeant and then became a lieutenant. He said, but then I had another lieutenant after he retired. He, went to, he was assigned somewhere else. He said another lieutenant came in that came straight out of school, had never been on the battlefield. Had no idea, but he came in and he was telling all of us, he grouped us all together and he was telling all of us how smart he was. He was telling all of us all the credentials and all the qualifications he had to lead us and to guide us. And he said all of us are looking at each other. When he walked out of the room, we're looking at each other and saying to each other, we're telling each other we didn't want to be, he didn't say this, but I'm, I'm sure it was any. But he didn't, they didn't want to be disrespectful, I'm sure, and they couldn't because they'd be court-martialed. But he said we looked at each other and we said, don't do anything he tells you to do because you'll die. 
So when he tells you to do it, just say, yes, sir, and then go do the right thing. Because he's come into this situation, and he was explaining to me, this guy came into this situation believing he had all knowledge and had all these credentials, yet he didn't have any of that at all. And there's so many of us that if we're not careful, because human nature is that we come into a situation, we immediately begin to sum ourselves up and say, I'm gifted to do this, I'm gifted to do that, I have the qualifications to do this, I've studied for that, I have this degree, that degree, I have no degree, but I have 10 years of experience in this. Whatever it is, we come into it full of ourselves. Are you hearing me? We, in fact, practice it before we go in for an interview. What have I done? I'm writing my resume out. I just want to make sure. What can I fill in right here? I got two years of blankness right there. Well, what I can say is um, I washed. Um, I don't want to use something that's, that is offensive to anybody. I did something. I make, make some, I'm going to fill in these two years so that I fill up that empty space in me because it looks like empty space in me. But what Jesus Christ did was he went and he said, you know what? He said, everything that's at the disposal of my Father is at my disposal. I am full of God because in every sense of the word I am God. And I am full of man because in every sense of the word I am man. I am all of God and I'm all of man. It's powerful when you think about it. But this is what I'm going to do because man needs something that man cannot get in any other form. Man needs a redeemer. But the only way they're going to believe in me is not if I come in there and I tell them, this is who I am. Guess what I am? I'm all of God. And I'm going to come in here and deliver the world. And you're a newborn kid or you're a teenager and you're walking around. And you're trying. No, there's a time. So he empties himself. And what did the father do? The father honored him. He said, because you emptied yourself, son, I gave you an option. Because you were willing to empty yourself and become obedient even unto death. Even the death of the cross, it says here, but there's more to dying than simply stopping breathing. Sometimes dying is emptying yourself and not letting everybody know what you're gifted to do. That was a death that woman I referred to a moment ago wasn't willing to die. Sometimes dying is saying, I come with nothing, even though you're full of everything. Sometimes it's coming into a room and not having the need to be the smartest guy in the room. Just coming into the room and listening and hearing and finding out what's going on in that room and is there something I can add to and if there's not, I'm going to draw out of it. So Jesus became obedient to the point of death by emptying himself and the Father said, I'm going to bestow upon you a name above every other name. I'm going to give you, I'm going to do something in you because you emptied yourself. You did not accept your entitlement as your ticket. But instead, you're getting, you're going to become the redeemer of man because you made yourself nothing. And it is out of nothing that I will redeem all the earth. The nothingness that you've allowed yourself to become, even though you're still, everything's there. But you are comfortable in nothingness. I'm going to change the world with that. God's plan. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 says this, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Read it again. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Let's just focus on that for just a second. My ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Can we just accept for a moment that if His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts in its fullness, can we accept for a moment it is necessary that whatever thought He pours out on us, whatever way He pours out on us, can we accept for a moment that we need to trust that thought and we need to trust that way? Because if His thought is, I want no apple on the tree, and my thought is, it's not an apple tree without an apple, Whose thought should prevail? In fact, in the mind of God, an apple tree is an apple tree with or without an apple on it. But in the mind of man, Archie, 
It's not an apple tree until we see the apple, the fruit on the tree. But the father's less interested in the little round red thing or green thing that's growing on a stem on the end of a branch than he is in us having faith in his process. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your, my, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. There's nobody under the sound of my voice in this room or watching today, there's no, or listening, there's nobody under the sound of my voice today that can explain how high the heavens are. None of us. We look into space. It's amazing to me when I look and I see what the Hubble telescope and what's the other one that's out there floating around now, whatever it is, that's out there and they're scoping out all this stuff and the pictures that come back and the galaxies and everything. And every time I see those, you know what that does for me? First of all, because it was Yahweh that gave them the knowledge to even create that telescope. So I don't give man the glory for that. I give God the glory for that. He gave them the knowledge to create it. But every time a new galaxy is discovered or a new picture into another galaxy is shown to us, whether it be online or however we might, if you watch National Geographic, and you see these things, every time I see that, I think, oh man, you are so much bigger than I ever thought you were. Men, your ways are so much higher. Your thoughts are so much higher. How far, Father, does the heavens go? Do the heavens go? And what do they look like when it gets past that? What am I not seeing while I'm looking right at it? He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I'm going to tell you today, if you are living right now, it is Yahweh's plan. If you are alive right now, it's Yahweh's plan. You might be saying, oh, it's, well, it's because I eat well, or I work out, or I do this, or I do that. I'm telling you, if you're alive right now, it's Yahweh's plan. Now, in your mind, let me just sort this out real quick. In your mind, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute now. I'm doing this so I can stay alive. I'm doing this so I can stay alive. I'm doing this, 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 and this, and this. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're living right now, it's because it's Yahweh's plan. Because if it wasn't his plan for you to be living right now, you would not be living right now. Now that throws a monkey wrench into this whole thing. Because now somebody might say, well, for people who aren't living, so Yahweh planned on them dying? I'm going to tell you what I have to understand is that his plan, his ways are higher than mine. His thoughts are higher than mine. If someone's not here and they're not living today, I have to believe this. Again, faith is not having to understand his answer. It's simply knowing that his answer is the right answer. So if they're not here today, I don't know what or why that plan was, but it is. We tend to believe that what God does, he does for us as individuals. That's our... First thought, well, look at what God did for me. Look what God did for me. But I want you to grasp what I'm about to tell you right now. Yahweh has never done anything for a single individual alone. Find it in Scripture. Every single prayer He ever answered, everything He ever did in any man or any woman in the Bible, in Scripture, anything He's ever done for any man or any woman that's living today, that has ever lived, that has ever breathed an ounce of breath, everything that He ever did for them, while it looks like in many ways it might be for the individual, ultimately is for the lives around that individual. It's to be a sign and a wonder, a demonstration, a warning, a hindrance, an encouragement. Everything He does... While He has you and I, while He has you or me, while He has us in mind, and while He's moving forward, I can tell you He's always considering, Chino, the entire world. He's he's considering all of His creation, whether that creation is serving Him or not serving Him. And faith is knowing this, that guess what? I do not have Yahweh's undivided attention all on myself because while He's considering me, He's also considering Tim and Maddie and Kathy and Denise and Sydney and whoever else is in this room. He's considering all of us because He can. Why? Because He's God. And whatever He does for me, He doesn't do only for me, but what He does for me, He does so that it's also a witness and a testimony to everybody else. When He said to His Son, Son, I want you to go to the earth and I want you to die on the cross, then I'm going to raise you up on the third day. And Jesus got real excited about it and He said, Ooh, can't wait. No, He said, Father, hey, listen, this is, 
That's great from your perspective. But from my perspective, that sounds like it hurts. If it's at all possible, let this cup pass from me and let somebody else do it. And then after thinking about it for a second, he said, you know what, that's not faith. Faith is no need. It's faith is not requiring an understanding of this. Faith is saying no matter what your answer is, it's the right answer. And you know what? It's not about my will, Father. It's about your will. And you know what? When the Father sent him to the cross, did he send him to the cross because he wanted to see if Christ would do it? Here's the twist. Yahweh sent Jesus Christ to the cross to redeem you and me. But why did Jesus go to the cross? What was his purpose? You're going to need faith for what I'm telling you right now. Jesus did not choose to go to the cross to redeem you and me. Jesus went to the cross to be obedient to his daddy. You need faith for that. The people that say, well, Jesus went to the cross to die for mankind, he was sent to the cross to die for you and me. But he chose to be obedient to the Father. And that's why he was on the cross. Jesus, you are not going to find a spot where Jesus said, Mm, I'm just going to go in here and, and because this one needs to be saved, I'm going to go die on the cross. He said, I'm going to be obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, because that's what my Father's asking of me, and I'm demonstrating great faith. I'm emptying myself of all of my possibilities for one purpose, to be obedient to my dad. Yahweh's purpose was to use His Son to redeem you and me. Jesus' purpose was so that he could come off of that cross saying what was asked of me, I fulfilled. What my father asked of me, I fulfilled. Because I have faith in God's plan. My faith is in Yahweh's plan. I want to tell you today, if you have faith in Yahweh's plan, it doesn't have to add up to everything that you think it should. Whether again, I'm going to keep using this analogy, there's an apple literally growing from that tree or it's just a tree. If I have faith in God's plan, it doesn't need to make sense and it doesn't need to be the answer I'm asking for. Some things, many things probably, You and I will never understand, but that does not change the fact that God's design is on purpose. And it is always for you, and it is always for others. So, Ida, I'm going to use you as an example this morning. So what the Father did for you this morning, and I believe He did, What the Father did for you today, it would be easy to walk out of here and say and accept and rejoice and it would be justifiable. I've been set free. But did He set Ida free only for Ida? No. In the forthcoming days, people who know you will see you, will watch you, and will see change in your life. And He set you free so that they could witness the glory of God in you. Then lastly, I want to talk about this. Faith. Say this with me. Faith Faith. is greater than knowledge. knowledge. In Ecclesiastes 11.5 it says this, As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones and the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones and the womb of a woman with child. That is, consider, listen, when Kaylee was pregnant with Raiden, and we had never come into this play, I mean, technology is so different today than it was when we, Kim and I had children. Now they've got apps, man. It shows you this is your baby's the size of a black-eyed pea, or your baby's the size of a peanut, or your baby's the size of an almond, or whatever. And they got all these apps, and so her and Sam would show us, you know, this is this is Raiden right now, and and I, we're looking at this little bitty 
thing, and then, then you feel bad if you eat a walnut or you eat an almond or you eat a peanut. I'm eating my grandbaby. And, but they have all these little things. <laughs> no more. Dog. I wish they wouldn't associate it with food. And then it gets to a place, it even showed, it, it shows us your baby's the size of a, of a pear, and I love pears or avocado. And I'm thinking, please stop associating the size of the child with, a, with, a, with food. Now when I eat this, I'm going to see them. But it's always amazing to me when I consider these moments and I consider, man, within the belly of this woman, there's this baby being formed that cannot be formed any other way. And even people that try to say they don't have faith cannot deny this is miraculous. Every birth, every conception is miraculous. Said, as you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. If you had all the answers, would it change how you feel about God? If you understood everything that He wanted to do, if you understood today when it went the way you wanted it to and when it didn't go the way you wanted it to, if you had full understanding of that, would it change how you feel about God today? I said this when I was up in Michigan teaching a few weeks ago. I said to them, I said, I can tell you about Steve Parker. I'm going to give you a hypothetical is what I did. I said, let's say hypothetically. Now, please don't misinterpret. I'm not, I'm, this is, everybody say hypothetical. Okay, as long as we aren't, if you don't know what that means, we're making this up. We're just pretend. It's pretend time. I said, let's say hypothetically, Jesus really isn't the Son of God. Let's say hypothetically, there really isn't even a God. What would you do different? I said, I can tell you what I would do different. Nothing. You know why? Because I like, no, I love truth. I love being a good man. I love being a man that doesn't try to break the rules. I love being a man that likes to serve others. So if hypothetically there were no Christ, there were no God, what would I do differently? Absolutely nothing. So, the purpose in asking that question is this. For those who press into the idea, I don't have faith, I don't believe in God, therefore I don't have faith in God. Those who press into that today, I'm going to say to you today, whether in this room or you're watching online or you hear this down the road, I'm going to say to you today, whether you believe or you do not believe, is it better for you to not believe and live like hell? Or would it be better to lay hold of something that at least, at the very least, if it were hypothetical that Christ was not and God was not, at the very least, it caused you to be someone who served others and loved others and cared about others and the world mattered to you. I hope you're getting what I'm telling you. But the good news is, there's no such hypothetical. Because Jesus Christ is real. And He is the only way to God. Yahweh God is the only God and there's not another. There's no alternative to Him. But the good that I do, I'm going to pull a little Paul here. Whatever good I do, whatever life I expose to others, Whatever hope I impart to another, whatever it is, I do it 
Because I have faith and my faith will not wane no matter whether He gives me what I'm asking for or He gives me what I never thought possible or He gives me what I didn't want at all. Hope is in me. Life is in me. Faith is in me. Salvation is in me. Healing is in me. Deliverance is in me. So if I had all the answers, would it change how I feel about God? It would not. It is better to require faith than it is understanding, and I'll tell you why. Because if you and I understood every answer that Yahweh God gave, you would never, now you're going to understand why I asked the question a moment ago, you would never accept Him as God. Because you would equate yourself to God. What does He know that I don't? Therefore, I must be equal with God. We cannot, in this form, know all that God knows. We will not, in this form, understand all that He understands. His ways are above us. His thoughts are higher than ours. But what we can do is, what makes Him God is, that He has answers and has access to places that you and I only have access to through Him. So when we say to the Father, Chino, when we say to the Father, Jacob, I believe in you, that's good. Now do you have faith in me? You believe in me, but do you have faith in me? Do you have faith that the answer I give you that's outside of what you expect, do you have faith that it's still me? And if you have faith that it's still me, do you get mad at me because of the answer I gave and you believe and have faith it's me, but you're mad because it wasn't the answer you want? That's not faith. True faith isn't saying, Father, I trust you when you gave me exactly what I asked for. It's saying, Father, when it doesn't even make sense and it hurts and it's painful, maybe confusing, even in that, I have faith that you're letting me know exactly what I need to know when I need to know it. You're letting me walk through exactly what I need to walk through when I need to walk through it because you are creating something in me. Because you are a creative and creating God. So where does that leave us? Faith is greater than knowledge. Faith is more important than knowledge. And faith is our doorway. Serving is our doorway to faith. We don't serve. It's not serving when we say, well, I, I live for God because He gives me everything I want. Listen. If someone had said that to Peter or to Paul or to any of the disciples, when they were being stoned, killed, hung, burned, boiled in oil, if someone would have said to them, do you serve God only because He gives you what you want? They would have said, no, I serve God because He is. And while I'm hanging out in this oil being boiled right now, I trust Him in the oil. It's hot. And I trust Him in the oil that flows from the beard to the soles of the feet. I trust Him in the moments of healing. And I trust Him in the moments of suffering. I trust Him in the moments of joy. And I trust Him in the moments of sorrow. Why? Because He's God. To understand faith is to understand that no matter what the outcome, I know this. 
If that is the answer that He is delivering, there's a higher way to that answer. His thought is higher and there's a purpose behind it. It is on purpose. And what I'm going to do is in those moments I'm going to celebrate. In the moments that are high and the moments that are low. In the moments that are rejoicing and the moments that are not. I'm going to celebrate. What in the world does this have to do with being a father? Everything. Because how many times when my wife and I were raising our kids... Did we tell them to do something and there was no possible way for us to explain to them why we asked it? Because they were not capable of understanding what the answer would be. In their mind, just tell us why. Why, Dad? Why, Mom? If you'll tell us why, it'll help us get through this thing. Tell us why. I can't tell you why. Because in your mind, you think you would understand the answer. Truth is, you won't. When I tell you you can't drive, it's because you think I don't trust your driving. And you'll never understand that it's not your driving I don't trust. It's the other guy's driving I don't trust. I don't think that you are capable yet of being able to avoid the idiot that is in lane two. Faith is all of that. It is saying, you know what, Dad? You know what, Father? Help me today by Holy Spirit to have confidence that whatever your answer is, it is the right one. There's people here right now. Right now. There's people here right now. You blame yourself for all the ways that there's no apples growing on the ends of the branch on your tree. What are we doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? This isn't happening. That isn't happening. Now given, there are things that we bring upon ourselves. But when you are honoring Him and you are faithful to the Father and, and you still, you look out there and there's no fruit on the tree so you begin to blame yourself all the while. You begin to beat yourself up and you begin to weigh yourself down and you have a hard time carrying through the day. You allow yourself to become uh, depressed and oppressed. And all the while the Father's saying, if you had faith in my answer, you would celebrate this moment and in time, things will change. So what am I saying to you? If you're in this room right now and you've not gotten what you've been asking for, don't wallow around in a pit of misery. Don't self-destruct. Don't begin to question people around you Simply go to the Father, because I believe this. If we will go to the Father in the middle of whatever it is we don't understand, He might not give us full understanding, but what He will do is He will give us peace. Every time. Father, why isn't it happening to me? What am I doing wrong? What can I change? What can I do here? Am I not doing something right? Father, give me peace. Because while the answer that I'm getting isn't the one that I am expecting, this is what I know. That in you there is peace. And what you just might find out is that lack of peace might actually be the axe that's cutting down the tree he's trying to plant in your garden. Father, bring me peace so that I can rest in your answer. My faith is this, that whatever you do and whatever you say, whether I like it or don't like it, it is for me and it is for everybody who knows me. He's doing a great work. Do you believe that this morning? So stand with me if you would, please, this morning. In just a second... We're going to give you some information you need to know. But before I do that, it's really important that um, I pray for you today. I know of numerous situations in this room, just in this room right here, of people who have an expectation of something that has not yet come to pass.
And I also know that when there's an expectation of something, see, you've heard me say it before, I'll say it again, and I'll say it again and again and again and again, but too much preaching is answering questions no one's asking. But if we're in tune to what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing, I'm telling you what, He wants to answer as many questions as He can. And I know of people in this room right now, you're not getting the answer that you've been expecting, and you struggle with it. You've prayed and you've asked God, you're doing everything you know to do that's right. You're doing every, I mean, you are doing everything you know to do. And you've not yet gotten the answer that you've asked God for. And it's beating you up. You are beating yourself up every day. You carry it as though you're being judged for something. I want you to be free today. I want you to be set free today. So that you're no longer judging yourself. And just like Ida being delivered from that bag of rocks she was carrying around today, I'm just declaring that today the same is true of you. So that whatever answer you're getting right now, your faith is, Father, I don't understand, but my faith's in you. My faith is in your understanding of this current moment. And in that... Fill me with peace. So my heart today, Father, is for the people that this applies to that's under the sound of my voice this morning, those that I know, and I know that there's some that I don't. In this room, for people who are watching online today, Father, my prayer is this. Fill every heart with the peace of God today. Let every person, trying to figure it out, carrying the weight of the world, Judging themselves, critical of themselves, critical of one another, critical of others, whatever it might be, trying to find a way and a why to the answer that they're getting that isn't what they're hoping for. Father, today, let faith arise. There's faith already present in each one. Let their faith today be for the peace of God so that you can do the work that you want to do in each one. Peace, settle in the hearts, the minds, and the soul of every hearer today. And God be glorified. And I pray for those today. You've never believed. You've never had faith. You've never exercised it. You move in and out of whether or not you even trust the Father. Believe in the Father. You move in and out of that. One day you do, one day you don't. One day you want to, one day you force. You try to force yourself to. I want you to get to the place where there isn't, if a mountain fell on you, you'd still believe that God's real. I want you to know that Jesus Christ, in every sense of the word, in His obedience to the Father, the goodness, the goodness of God is, yes, yes. that in His obedience to the Father, He sets you free. And the burden that you carry, the weights that you carry, and the disqualification that you let stack up in your own mind and your own heart and all the ways that you feel like you're unworthy. You feel like you've asked questions you shouldn't have asked. My prayer today for you is that you know today The Father's not measuring up all the questions you've asked. He's not measuring up all the ways you think you're disqualified. He's simply measuring up this moment to find out whether or not you will rise up in it. Will you stand in this moment? Will you say in this moment, Father, I believe in you, and I have faith in your way. I have faith in your answers. What I'd like to see happen today is when you walk out of this place, every single person, when you walk out of wherever you're sitting at today, you're watching online. What I'd like to see today and what I'd like to believe today is that when you walk out of this place, nothing, nothing can distract you from pressing into the Father. No matter what answers you've received, no matter how heavy, how difficult, Whether you're rejoicing or you're working through some things. But nothing 
can distract you from pressing into the Father. He did not promise us that everything would be easy. He simply promised us a pathway through it all. So in that pathway today, Father, be glorified as we walk it out. Every man and every woman in this house. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chino. Happy Father's Day to you. Man. I can't tell you. You can be seated for a second. But I can't tell you how many, how hard it is sometimes to hear people that have given up on God because things didn't go the way they thought they should. All the while in my heart I'm knowing they might not have gone the way you thought. But believe it or not, it's going exactly like he thought. Because he's never been caught off guard. And he's never been surprised. But if I can get people to have the kind of faith that trusts every answer, sometimes the answer you get alerts us and awakens us to changes that need to happen in our life so that we can get the answer we want. Man, oh man, I hope you know how much he matters to you. It is. It is sometime. It is sometimes. It's oftentimes, actually. Oftentimes. When I sit in my office and people come in to see me, and sometimes they'll share things. Can I just be honest? I don't know why I even ever ask that because <laughs> I'm going to be. But I love and respect every person who ever comes into my office, but I think. Um, a lot of times, probably 99% of the time when they sit in my office and they're going through the things that are in their life, the answer is always simple. You're lacking faith. It's not that you lack it in you. It's that you lack an exercise of it. And usually it's because someone has come in with exactly what we've been talking about, an expectation of something that they didn't receive it that way. Because the ex- I didn't get what I expected, and I've been praying, and I've been doing all the right things, but I didn't get what I expected. Why am I not getting what am I doing wrong? Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. Man, I can tell you, if we went back and, man, I don't want to get into that. No, let's not go back right now. Well, when you walk out of here with faith today, walk out of here with the right faith. Not faith in what you want, but faith in what he wants. If I can change my perspective, this isn't about what I want. This is about what he wants. He will make you a better you than you ever will by yourself. You believe that? Yes. Well, say it again. It's true. Need of control is the biggest adversary of faith. He said, "Now, you know, it's true. It's certainly one of the bigger, for sure." 
I can tell you that in our own lives, that's what we want. We want to control our own lives. We want to feel like we control our own destiny. We control our own outcome. We control all of that. And it's true. We've been given a will. And if we will honor the Father, he will be faithful over that, over his purpose for us. The challenge is when his purpose for us doesn't always look like what we thought his purpose for us was. Very quickly, I'll tell you, I'm thankful for the time that, and don't anybody practice this because that was a word to me, and if, it's, if you try to make a word to someone else, a word to you, it's going to end in disaster. But I remember telling my wife, the first night I met her, you're going to be my wife and you're going to marry her, and I mean, you're going to marry me. She wasn't going to marry herself, but you're going to marry me. And then, and then I'll just give you the quickie skinny of it, but um, in the process of that, she didn't want anything to do with me, and, and um, uh, she was seeing a really ugly guy, and uh, it was... <laughs> awful. He was such a nerd. And, um, but she was seeing him and, and, um, and she wouldn't have anything to do with me. So at one point I thought, well, I'm not going to, you know, I, I mean, I wanted to go out. So I went out with a girl, a couple of different people and went out with them. And then this one girl, we were getting very serious in the time that I, but I knew the word of the Lord to me was that Kim was going to be my wife and her and I were getting very serious. And I really, I can tell you right now, I was absolutely in every way falling in love with this woman. And we were in, we went out on a date one night and I went and I dropped her off at the church. And when I was dropping her off, we were sitting out in the parking lot. And as we're sitting out there, actually it wasn't a church. It was in a parking lot that was overlooking a, uh, it was just a place in Tennessee. And, and we're sitting there and, and um, she said, she told me she loved me and wanted to go further in our relationship. And I looked at her and I said, but see, you got to keep in mind, I told her when I first went out with her, I said, I'm going to marry Kim Parker or Kim Kerner. So if you're going to go out with me, I just want you to know up front, I'm going out to be friends and everything, but I'm going to marry Kim Kerner. And she knew Kim. Kim knew her. But it we spent a lot of time together, and sit, I'm still, you know, sitting on that, out there that day, that night, and she said, I love you, and can we go the next step? And I knew right then, if I tell that woman I love her, this woman I love her, I'm going to violate the purpose of God for me. But man, I wanted to. She was wonderful in all the ways except for she wasn't right and I said to her I said what babe (laughs) (laughs) because what you have to know is well so I said to her I said Cecilia I said Oh, no one will know who she is except for me and my wife. And uh, I said, you're not the one for me. But if I go out with you one more time, there'll be no turning back for me. This will be our last date. She cried. I cried. I dropped her off. She got out. And then about a week or two later, Kim and I went out on a first date on Valentine's Day that year took her out, told Kim everything, and Yahweh did the rest. But when we, are in, when we feel like we have to have control, I mean, if I'd have said to her, well, forget Kim Kerner, I would have missed out on this glory. And I mean that in every sense of the word. She is glory. She is God's glory for me. And my kids, my grandkids, you... I would not know you today had I married that girl in that car. I would not know you today. Faith isn't understanding. I could have sat there all night long and I could have questioned, well, God, why'd you send me Kim Kerner when I got a woman right here that's not trying to run away from me? (laughs) She's running at me. And if I'd have said... I just missed it, I just whatever, and just passed it off, and said, all right, let's go to the next level. 
We're an item. Whatever we said back then, I'm pretty sure that wasn't it. I would have missed this. And Kim Parker, Kerner at the time, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to Steve Parker. Changed my whole life. Jesus Christ introduced me into the kingdom so I could know the kingdom of God. But I'm telling you what, Kim Parker, Kim Kerner, introduced me to life. How to live. And I'm blessed. I'm going to tell you, don't worry about having your kind of faith. Have his faith. And if you'll walk in his faith, I'm telling you what, he'll change everything.